Hey there, future friends! This week, we do double duty as we make a man out of you and we're just stuck at home. This is the week of March 20th and 27th, 2020, and you are listening to episode 168 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that's right you did hear right this is a double movie or a double week episode i don't think i've ever done anything like this before maybe i have i don't know i have a, a really bad memory like Anne always shares memories with me from her childhood and i can't remember Shit. Like if I ever do something that makes me famous or notorious or something and i get some sort of book deal for my autobiography i would be because i don't know jack sh- I barely remember last year. I remember big things. I remember meeting my wife, getting married, adopting our cats. I remember certain events with friends and family, but I don't remember a lot. And you know what else I also forgot is how we even got on this topic of of me forgetting. Oh, that's right. I had to go back and re-listen, remembering if I've ever done this before. So I don't know, but you may be wondering why. It's because it's for two reasons. The first reason I have to be perfectly honest why I originally wanted to do this. Well, originally, actually, I was going to do this week and then skip next week entirely because Animal Crossing New Horizons comes out for the Switch and I want a full week to devote to it. Well, not the full week because, you know, I, I still have to go to work. Thus far, we're still open. You know, I work at a grocery store, as many of you know, and I do bookkeeping and then they send me to different departments when I'm done with that. And we have been hit hard. We are a higher end organic and natural food store. And so our shit is expensive. But we were hit hard. All of our pasta sauces, all of our dried pasta, all of our paper products, about half of all of our cereals, a lot of shit is just wiped from the store. But as of now, I am still required to go to work. And you know what? The bills thank me for that because they can be paid. But wow, we go on tangents easily here, don't we? Jesus. Anyway, I really want to play Animal Crossing New Horizons. I've been really excited for this since it was first announced. It was supposed to be released, I believe, in November last year. And then it was pushed until March this year. And I wouldn't say I was furious. I was more heartbroken because I really, really, really love the Animal Crossing series. And then so it was actually Anne's idea to skip the episode so I can focus on playing it. But then I looked at the movies coming out and I realized that according to IMDb and firstshowings.net, there are only four movies coming out in those two weeks, two movies each week. But according to my other source, as many of you know, I use three different sources for my movie release dates. There are actually more like 10 movies. Actually, I just counted 15 movies spread out over the two day, the two weeks. But a lot of them are tiny, tiny independent films. And I realized that I wouldn't have much to say about them anyway. Best case scenario, I think all of them look really good. But how much can you say about a- an indie film that has one trailer and no one of note in it? So I thought, let's combine both weeks and do it in one episode. So that's right, next week, the week of the 27th, there will be no new episode. We will be back the week of the 3rd. That's April 3rd. But how this episode is going to work is I do only have one week's worth of news and trailers. So we'll do the trailer trove and the news the way we always do. But you know what? Let's actually start telling you what the show's about in case you're new. And if you're new, welcome. You picked a weird week to start. Not weird on your part. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just luck of the draw that you got this. So what is this show? Who am I? I am Billiam, and I am part of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. I have a show called Future Flicks, which you are currently listening to. Yes, that just happened. You are still, actually, it's still happening. You're listening to it. And on the show, we do quite a few things. All of them are movie-related. First of all, we do some little intro that's always ad-libbed. And the quality suffers sometimes. I'll be honest, I'm not a comedian. 
And then after that, we get into the news. That's any new news that has caught my eye since the last episode. Then after that, we go into the trailers. That is any new trailers that have caught my eye since last episode. I think you think you catch the drift here. In both of those segments is anything that I've noticed. I am not perfect. So I always say, if I miss something you think I should have talked about, please let me know. You can find all the ways to contact me in the show notes and the closing spiel, which is at the end of the episode. Then we jump into the movies, which are broken up into two categories, the first of which is called the limited release section, and then the wide releases and interesting indie section. The wide releases, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, and who's in it, and then I leave it at that. I might, I might say a couple words if I have some thoughts on it, but normally the trailers did nothing to catch my eye, catch my notice, or do anything noteworthy. Then in the wide releases and interesting indies, it is every wide release movie, no matter how good or bad I think it is, and then the limited releases that have caught my eye. In that segment, I tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it, and then I give you some thoughts on it, based of course only on the trailer, since we don't get any pre-screenings here at Future Flicks. And then I wrap it all up with the Billiams Interest Level Score, yay, song time, which can go anywhere from a zero for those terrible terrible movies to an 11 for those movies that kick it up that extra notch and then we wrap the entire show up with a question of the week and then i pass you along your way to the other great shows and the somewhat nerdy podcast network as well as the good friends of the shows whose ads you will hear during this very episode so i told you this week that i am doing the news and trailers just for this week i'm, I'm not going to do anything since i can't see into the future about what trailers will be released and then have opinions on them or news but to be honest i don't think there's going to be a whole lot of news and i'll tell you why in that segment but for the movies i'm going to break it down by week so i'll tell you the week and then i'll do the limited and wide and give my pick for that week and i'll do the next week limited wide pick for that week wrap it all up with one question of the week so ladies and gentlemen you heard what the show is about You've heard what I'm going to do this week. So without further ado, let's jump into the first segment, which as always is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. Ladies and gentlemen, in the news, we have two, two big things going on. Uh, Jack and shit. So not just Jack, not just shit, but Jack and shit. And you know why? Because of the coronavirus. Yes, that is a big deal. Why? Because this first story that comes to us from the Associated Press from Jake Coyle, who is an AP film writer, says that ticket sales are diving at the box office for its lowest turnout in 20 years. And this is because, guess what? With this illness going around, no one wants to get down with the sickness by going to a room full of people. And if you've been to a movie recently, there's always some motherfucker or some stupid kid who's coughing and not covering their mouth. If I was a kid, and I didn't cover my mouth when I coughed, I would get a smack upside the head. Now, my wife and I, when we have kids, we are not going to physically hit our children, but Lord knows there'll be some sort of repercussion if I, if I see them do some stupid shit like that. You know what a great idea would be? A f***ing fantastic idea would be is once they're of age to have a phone, to just keep a normal-ass flip phone, and then if they're bad, switch to that one here. That's your phone. Anyway, enough about how I'm going to punish my non-existent children. Even if you're not one of those idiots stuffing their shopping cart full of stuff, it's still a scary time. So maybe it's not the best time to go into a closed room with a bunch of people. An estimated total from the weekend has the entire U.S. box office for every movie, major blockbuster, and tiny small indie to about 55.3 million in the U.S. and Canada. The last time things were this low was 54.5 million on a September weekend back in 2001. And if you're... If you're old enough, or you're a young kid who has studied your history, you probably know what that's a reference to. So remember, keeping ticket inflation into account, still more people went to the theaters after the September 11th attacks than now. Disney is still plowing ahead, releasing all their movies. They're not changing shit, and it could be to their detriment, because I believe Onward looked really good. I re I still want to see this. I will probably just own it when it comes out. But the issue is no one is seeing it in theaters. So not only did Onward not get sold as much as other Pixar movies, as in I didn't see ads for it as much as I did for the Toy Story movies or for 
Incredibles, things like that. Not only that, but it's coming out at this time, which means drastically low sales. This next story comes to us from Digital Spy. Jurassic World Dominion is just the latest movie to halt filming over fears of the coronavirus. So even though I I 100% believe the coronavirus, COVID-19, is going to eventually go the way of swine flu, avian flu, uh, Ebola, all that other shit. Where it was scary for a while, there was a threat. I mean, it was serious. But after a while, people are like, oh, remember when that was a big deal? Remember when else was freaking out, bulk buying toilet paper? Whatever happened to that? So I do think that will eventually be the case. I think we you have to be cautious, but don't let fear take over. Don't go bulk buying all this shit and like, take daily baths in hand sanitizer. But also keep your hands washed and respect the fact that this is a thing that is happening and is something that needs to be watched. Even then, this is still something movie-wise that we're going to see the effects of rippling out into the future. And it may not be as apparent in the future as it is now, just because all these movies are being delayed. How long will they be delayed for? Will it just be a, a month? hiatus a couple weeks will it be a few months which then means these production companies these directors actors editors everyone will have to either buckle down to still make the release date or the release dates will have to be pushed forward mean meaning that sometime next year there will be another dry spell another big time of not a lot of movies coming out Unless, unless studios capitalize on that, realize that because Jurassic World and all these other movies had to halt production, that now there's this big open area where they can release their film and and basically have their way at the box office. It'll be interesting to know next year when all these movies finally come out, if we'll even remember the coronavirus. Uh, well, of course we'll remember it, but if we'll even attribute delays and times of no big movies coming out if we'll, we will even attribute that to the virus but on, only time will tell but as of right now i'm about to j- just search for any new stories that have really popped since uh since the last episode as i normally do but i only had three stories in the chamber only three stories that weren't about the coronavirus or critically low ticket sales and the third story i realized i couldn't read because it it talks about the movie The Hunt from last week being a a film that turns a classic fairy tale or a classic tale on its head but to understand how it did that I would have to spoil the entire movie and I I just don't feel like doing that. I did find a story from ABC News breaking down not not fully but giving a small breakdown of the numbers from the weekend saying that Disney Pixar's Onward was the top film at only 10.5 million for the weekend second place was i still believe the christian romance the type of movie had none of this stuff been going around may have still got about 10 million but would have basically been ignored vin diesel's bloodshot only took in 9.5 no 9.3 million and the hunt brought in 5.3 million the gross from onward dropped 73 percent since last weekend Two more movies actually are added to that list of movies that are on hold. Fantastic Beasts 3 and King Richard. Their productions are on hiatus. Oh wow, Fantastic Beasts 3 never even started. It was supposed to begin production in London tomorrow. But, or tomorrow, I'm recording this on Sunday, so tomorrow being Monday the 16th. But now will not start and no solid date for when it would pick up again. But seriously, I am looking through all of the news right now and it's all either, oh, things you should do that now that you're stuck at home. All the movies you can stream at home. These are good ideas of hobbies to pick up now that you're not leaving the house. And for some reason from Cinema Blend, seven crazy facts about Steven Seagal. And don't worry, we're not going to read that. Turns out he's a weirdo. Who knew? Well, instead of searching for BuzzFeed-like stories, my friends, let us just end the news and... Take our first break as we hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, 
video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on SomewhatNerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, everyone, we are back. We are back with everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. All right, everyone, let's start with a trailer that I first thought was just a joke, and now it turns out it is a real movie called The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. In this movie, it's about Paul Hogan, the real Paul Hogan, not Crocodile Dundee, but he is thrust back into the spotlight because he's going to be knighted and he has to restore his reputation because apparently his reputation ain't all that. So we have a comedy about Paul Hogan starring some pe- some famous people playing themselves and then a lot of kind of famous people playing themselves. We have Luke Hemsworth. Oh, that's really it, actually. <laughs> Luke Hemsworth. <laughs> And then also in this film, we have people like Chevy Chase, Wayne Knight, John Cleese, Olivia Newton-John, Reginald Vell Johnson. And you should recognize all those names, especially John Cleese and Olivia Newton-John. Chevy Chase, of course, big name in the 80s. Wayne Knight, he was known for TV shows like Seinfeld and movies like Jurassic Park. And Reginald Vell Johnson, Die Hard, of course. I really don't know what to think about this film. I want to like it. I want to see a movie with Paul Hogan in it. A, a current movie with Paul Hogan in it and like it just so I can say, hey, guys, have you heard about that Paul Hogan movie? And they're like, who? Oh, yeah, that guy. Let's go on this adventure together with him. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it just seems like a highly skippable, uh, a highly skippable film that if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, OK, it wasn't that bad. Well, we'll find out how good or bad it is on April 30th. Next up in the trailer trove, we have the final trailer for or what I assume is the final trailer for Black Widow coming out May 1st. Tentatively coming out May 1st. Right now, Disney isn't moving any of their movies, but if they suffer enough in the coronavirus times, we will see if that does change. And I hope they do the smart thing. I want people to see this movie because this new trailer makes me want to see this even more. And if you know me, you know that Black Widow has always been my least favorite character in the MCU because she's boring, doesn't do anything. Why the f*** is some special agent fighting Thanos? Why was she fighting Ultron? Why is she going up against Loki? What good is she? Uh, The same honestly goes for Hawkeye, too. But at least Hawkeye gets an endearing backstory while Black Widow had none of that. This is the movie that I think they needed to release before we even got to Infinity War. Well before we even got to Avengers Endgame. Hell, I think they should have released this movie or done it before they did Age of Ultron and just had this movie take place, whenever it takes place, have it be different. Because this film looks good. We get to see Scarlett Johansson having some And like I said, after my wife and I watched Marriage Story, it kind of pisses me off because she was really good in that. It was a mediocre movie all the way through, except for the acting. In fact, the acting was the only thing that made it illy semi-bearable, but she was really good. And I know it's not entirely her fault because she gets typecast in these kind of roles where she's just the very boring older Katniss Everdeen. That's all she is. But this film looks sick. I cannot wait. And it has Florence Pugh in it, who is amazing. Also has Rachel Rice, David Harbour, William Hurt. And it is rumored that we will see either archive footage of or new footage shot of Robert Downey Jr. Probably archive footage. But this is the movie we've needed the whole time to explain to us why we should give a flying f*** about Black Widow. Hawkeye got his backstory, even though he didn't get his own movie, which I still think he should, or at least a TV show. We we had an idea of who he was, and he even was endearing when it came to Avengers Age of Ultron, where even he questioned what the hell he was doing there fighting this being that could lift a city off the ground and all he has is arrows. So this is the movie we should have had the entire time that I really want to see, and I hope we finally get justice for Black Widow. Because like I've said before, I've, I only don't like Black Widow in the MCU. I've read Black Widow comics. I like them because in the comics, it's their spy. She has spy shit. I even remember during the New Avengers time, she was behind the scenes or did espionage stuff. But once again, this comes out May 1st and we will see if it actually does. 
Next up, my future friends, we have a trailer for a film called Bad Trip. And this is a comedy starring Eric Andre, Laurel Howery, Tiffany Haddish, and anyone else big? That's mainly it. But here's the thing that really makes this interesting, makes me interested in it, but simultaneously makes me wonder if I will ever watch it. So this movie is a combination comedy story of these two guys who are traveling cross country from somewhere on the West Coast to New York. And I believe they're trying to change their lives or Eric Andre's character sees this girl from his past or something and he wants to make something of himself. So he has a, a chance with her. Lil Rel Howry goes along the way. And there are parts of the movie that are practical jokes that are captured jackass style or impractical joker style via hidden camera. Things like Eric Andre is working at a Jamba Juice and he reaches into a blender, gets his hand cut up. Tiffany Haddish's character breaks out of a prison and people watch it. And she's running around going, don't tell nobody snitches get stitches. Stuff like that. So it's a mix of a fictional comedy with some real life practical jokes. And we assume real life because with all of these shows, like with Jackass back in the day, with Punk, with even with a candid camera, let's go that far back. We have to we have to have some level of belief. We just have to believe that this is real. And my question is already going into this. My question is, how many takes did some of these things take? Because they have actors like Tiffany Haddish and Lil Rel Howery in it. Eric Andre, of course, a big name, not as noticeable, I think, to your average person as Tiffany Haddish is because of all the big movies she's been in or Lil Rel Howery because he's in movies like Get Out and Bird Box. Either way, this is a very interesting idea, and I think it is, I think it has a potential to do well. My only concern is that it's coming out April 17th this year, so far not pushed back, so far still being released April 17th. But we will see if that changes, because I think this could do a respectable job in the theaters. Like, of course, nowhere near big blockbuster money. But I think if we weren't in the middle of a worldwide panicking pandemic, that this movie could have at least beaten this weekend's numbers of 10 million, 10 million for the biggest film, that is. So this movie has promise. But as you know me, I have crippling secondhand embarrassment, which makes it really hard like physically uncomfortable for me to watch movies like this like if you gave me the option of do you want to sit there and we will tape your eyes open and make you watch the 40 year old version or we will cut one of your hands off i will highly consider which hand i could live without but for the rest of you this could be a very interesting comedy coming out next month Next up, my future friends, we have the trailer for Soul that is Disney Pixar's next movie, which is about a musician who has seemed to have lost his passion for music, who suddenly gets a big break, but accidentally dies. And he just doesn't want to die because everything's going right for him. So he tries to get out of this escalator going up to heaven. and just falls down, 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 not to hell because this is a Disney movie, but to where new souls are being trained to apparently have their likes and dislikes. While there, he meets this new soul that just doesn't want to go to Earth, doesn't see the big deal of life, and so he tries to teach this young soul what's so great about living. This features the voices of Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Quest Love, Felicia Rashad, David Diggs, and John Ratzenberger, of course. I seriously hope that when John Ratzenberger dies, Pixar keeps this thing going of him being in all of their movies, at least just a line, kind of like how they did Mr. Potato Head in the latest Toy Story movie, something like that, maybe not as in-depth, but just a side character saying a line from a different movie. That would be really cool. Just like Onward, just like Toy Story 4, just like almost every other Pixar movie, I really want to see this. And just like Onward, I wonder, I seriously believe that by June, a lot of this will be over. If it's not, I hope Disney considers pushing back their movies just because I don't want to see another Pixar film flop. Even though it's not the film's fault, I I don't want to see it happen. So yes, that comes out June 19th. Next up, folks, we have a movie that could have already come out and I just missed it. I I don't know because apparently this film called The Postcard Killings has a March 13th, 2020 release date. 
but I didn't see anything about it coming out last week, and I didn't hear anything about it being delayed. Of course, this isn't a big film. It's kind of a small, a small-time thriller. It just has an interesting cast. The main two people are Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Famke Jensen, and this is based on a book written by Liza Markland and James Patterson. And it's about a New York detective who investigates the death of his daughter, who was murdered in London. But it turns out there's something weird about her murder. She was posed very specifically after she was killed. And it turns out there are others like this. There is a killer going around that sends a postcard to like the police or something before he or she arrives in the town, kills people, poses them like Rodin paintings or Rodin sculptures. I think, was Rodin just a painter? Hold on. Of course, he's a sculptor doing the thinker, the kiss, the gates of hell. Anyway, so it just sounds interesting. And I didn't realize I wanted this until I saw the trailer, not this movie particularly, but just a new series of movies, kind of like along the lines of the Hannibal series where we had Red Dragon, we had Science of the Lambs and Hannibal, something like they tried to do with the Joe Nesbo series with the snowman and failed with, but something like that, some sort of thriller featuring some detective following some specific killer and maybe in each different movie just something like that i want something like that again and i think this movie interests me just because it seems like it could scratch that itch even though it just seems eh, it just seems skippable but also i don't know when this is coming out it could have already come out been a straight to straight to video thing but hey if you like crime thrillers keep your eyes open for this all right, everyone, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us take our next break as we hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle podcast. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling do you like wrestling yeah then you should listen to our podcast do you not like wrestling you should still listen to our podcast someone to read a comms nerds in the squared circle subscribe to us on itunes or your favorite podcast app today nerds in the squared circle on someone all right we're back it has been a couple days since i recorded first i mean to, to you guys it's all in the same the same episode, nothing nothing has changed, but for me, it's one, two, three days later. I just needed a break. I started feeling really run down, and I think it's because I haven't been sleeping well lately, which has nothing to do with the coronavirus. It, it, it just happens sometimes where I have a span of really bad sleep. But I called out from work, and I'm glad they're taking it so seriously because they, they had a, a few questions I had they had to ask me. And even though I gave them the information when they when I talked to them first, I said, oh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling well. I don't have a fever. Uh, I have a slight cough, but I you know, I have a habitual cough. It's something both my parents had. My grandparents had it. I just have a I just have a cough that just always stays around. And then to their credit, they took it very seriously saying, all right, well, we still have to ask you these questions. And then they went and asked me, do you have a fever, uh, shortness of breath? I've been coughing so and such and such and such and such. And I just wish that during times like this, humanity showed a better side of itself. Because I always forget which TV show or movie it is. And maybe one of you can tell me. But the, a quote that goes somewhere along the lines, I'm not going to get it exactly right because then I would have been able to Google the line and then find out what it is. But the quote is, a person is good. People are scared, stupid, ignorant. In between when I started recording this episode and now we had uh, Gal Gadot release that video of all these celebrities singing a certain uh, one line from Imagine by John Lennon. And there was a lot of hate going her way. A lot of people saying, oh, these rich celebrities just showing how it doesn't bother them when the rest of us are at risk of losing our homes and our health care. And it's like, calm the fuck down, you uppity bitches. I know this is a scary time, but we have some people who are trying to do good, who are just trying to put something positive out there, and you jump down their throats like, you, like they started throwing out the Nazi salute. People just need to calm the f*** down. 
just in general, people on every side, no matter your political belief, your religious belief, your anything belief, people in general just need to calm the f*** down. I think that's what we need right now. And maybe Future Flicks with William can help you do that. Probably not, but I'll try. I will try my best. So ladies and gentlemen, I, I do want to mention going into this part of the, of, the, of the show that I don't know how many of these movies will actually be released because after I made my notes, after I made my show notes, One of the movies from the week of the 20th has been taken off the release schedule. I haven't heard anything about the others, so I don't know if anything else has been taken off the the release schedule. So right now, at this moment, I'm recording this on the 19th, March 19th, 2020. Right now, as far as I know, all these movies are still being released. I know you probably won't want to see it, but... Hopefully, you will still listen to the show just to know that, hey, these movies are coming out. Maybe there's one I would want to pay attention to and keep a, keep in my mind, even if I'm not going to go to a theater to watch it. And I do realize that a lot of people are saying that this isn't going to fix itself anytime soon. It's going to be six months to a year. But I've heard other people say, no, that's that's not true, but it is going to take a while. Other people saying, no, it's going to be longer, which is why I don't think we should listen to all of these All of these ideas people have of when it will be fixed because no one really knows. The CDC doesn't know. The president doesn't know. Uh, Some celebrity you you like doesn't know. The news doesn't know. So still listen to the news, listen to the celebrities, listen to the president if you want. But just also remember to listen to everything with a grain of salt until we have substantial proof. And I also realize that if it's not fixed by July, I may not get to see Ghostbusters 3 the week of my birthday. And even if it does still come out in theaters, if this is still going on, I'm going to put the health of me and my wife first before me seeing the movie that is making me so excited. I really want to see that would make me so happy to see in theaters. I would rather skip it in theaters and keep me and my wife healthy. But you know what? Let's get off this topic. I spent about five minutes on this topic. Let's let's get off it and let's talk about the limited releases for the week of March 20th. The first movie is called Draupadi Unleashed. This is the story of a young woman in 1930s British India seeking an identity of her own against an arranged marriage and the manipulations of a powerful guru bringing to life the struggles of three generations of women in a male-dominated society. This is a movie from India starring Melanie Chandra from Code Black, Kas Anvar from The Expanse, and Anil Kumar from The Cape. I wanted to like this movie. I did because of the because of the premise, because it's it is diving into the struggles of women in a male dominated society in and in a society that's still male dominated. I mean, I really don't know much about how things are changing in India. I assume because of our the growing wokeness of the world, slowly growing wokeness of the world, that things now may be a little better than it was back then in the 1930s, but just Because things may be better doesn't mean they can't improve even more. So I think a a story like this is important. The movie just didn't look very good. And I think if you want a movie to represent a cause or to give voice to concerns, I think it's better if the movie looks good. So let's move on to another movie called Deerskin. A man's obsession with his designer deerskin jacket causes him to blow his life savings and turn to crime. This is a French film. And it's one of those French films that looks insane like some french director said you know what i want to do some meth and then come up with a movie idea and this is what he came up with or she i don't know could could be a woman too equality and meth i just wanted to mention this next movie called the climb the last one in the limited because i saw an article that it was removed from the release schedule i'm just going to still mention it just at least the name premise and cast only because I'm not sure if the company will even put it back out there or if they'll just release it to DVD or, you know, streaming. So this movie's called The Climb. This is a look at the friendship between two guys that spans over the course of many years. And this stars Gail Rankin from Glow, Judith Godrick from The Man in the Iron Mask, Talia Balsam from Mad Men, and George Went from Cheers. All right, we are now going into the wide releases and interesting indies for the week of the 20th. The first is actually a movie that's coming out the on the 25th, and it's a documentary called Crip Camp. Down the road from Woodstock, a revolution blossomed at a ramshackle summer camp for teenagers with disabilities, transforming their lives and igniting a landmark movement. This is a documentary, and it looks interesting. It does. A, a camp 
that was started in the back in the days when it wasn't uncommon if a family had a child with special needs and not just like mental special needs where it's hard to communicate with them too, but just maybe they're born without legs. So they're perfectly fine in the, in their head, but they just don't have legs. So back in the day when it wasn't unheard of for parents to take their kids with disabilities, physical or mental, and just put them in an institution somewhere and just go, okay, forget you. So this camp offered for a lot of these kids for the first time, a place where they're treated like humans, a place where they could just have fun with people like them who understand the struggle and the camp workers who either had disabilities themselves or were 100% sympathetic to the cause. So it seems pretty interesting and it is coming to streaming, I think, really quick. Netflix is actually a Netflix original. Crip Camp gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, my future friends, we have a movie called Blow the Man Down. Mary Beth and Priscilla Connolly attempt to cover up a gruesome run-in with a dangerous man. To conceal their crime, the sisters must go deep into the criminal underbelly of their hometown, uncovering the town's darkest secrets. This stars Morgan Saylor from Homeland, Sophie Lowe from the Australian version of that show The Slap, June Squibb from TV shows like Shameless and Ghost Whisperer, and Eben Moss Bacharach from The Punisher, Netflix The Punisher. This one piqued my interest because it's it's not your typical crime movie. So we have these two sisters. One of them gets attacked by this creep who is probably trying to rape her, murder her, or both. So, you know, not good sh- She kills him in the process, and the town they live in, at least the way the trailer presents it, is such a town that they can't just go, oh, hey, this is what happened. Then there'd be an investigation, and then nothing would happen to her because it was self-defense. He was being a creep. But they don't live in that kind of city where stuff like that is possible. So instead, they cover it up, and then as an investigation goes into where this guy goes, his body washes up on, on the shore of the lake. And so they dive more into the criminal underbelly of the town, realizing that stuff like this has happened before. And this is what I gather from the trailer. This part could be wrong. But from what I gathered, stuff like this has happened before. The men in this town are pigs. And it's not the first time a woman had to defend herself or a woman had to stop some man from doing something awful. So it's about them and how they get away with it if they get away with it. Blow the Man Down gets a 7 out of 11. The next movie is called Bull. In a near-abandoned subdivision of West Houston, a wayward teen runs headlong into her equally willful and unforgiving neighbor, an aging bullfighter who's seen his best days in the arena. It's a collision that will change them both. This stars Rob Morgan from Stranger Things and Yolanda Ross from The Chi. And today I learned that bullfighting is not just that disgusting practice done in Spain. Bullfighting is another name for rodeo clowns because apparently... Rodeo Clowns is not always a uh, an enjoyed name for these people who risk their lives at a rodeo. So he doesn't actually fight bulls with a cape and a sword. No, he's not he's not doing that shit. What he's doing is making sure that the cowboys who are doing the riding don't get themselves killed. And I like these kind of stories. So we have this we have this kind of ghetto area of Houston. It says a near abandoned subdivision west of Houston. And this way we're teens, so we can assume that she's not on the best path. They form this weird, this friendship that's luckily not creepy, even though he's a much older man. But instead, they start to bond over the the love of the rodeo. Interesting looking film. Again, one that seems highly skippable, but not bad. Bull gets a 6.5 out of 11. And the final movie of the week of March 20th, 2020. And the pick of that week is called The Truth. A stormy reunion between scriptwriter Lumiere with her famous mother and actress Fabian against the backdrop of Fabian's autobiographic book and her latest role in a sci-fi picture as a mother who never grows old. This stars French actress Catherine Deneuve, I think, Juliette Binoche from Chocolate, and Ethan Hawke from Training Day. And look at that, ladies and gentlemen, both the pick of the week and one of the weirdest f***ing movies of the week are French. Yay! France. Thank you for movies, France. You don't hear me talk a lot about France on the show. I think besides America, America, Canada, UK, which I do consider all of one, kind of. I know I shouldn't because Hollywood's different from Canada's and Hollywood's different from the UK's, but... 
those three countries all get the same kind of release love in each other's country. France, on the other hand, they release a lot of movies every year. We only get a small fraction of them. And when we do, some of them are really f***ing weird, like Deerskin. Some of them look pretty good, like The Truth. And the others are just, eh, okay, that's a movie. This one looks good, though, because this is a... This seems like a slice-of-life story, but just not your life. It seems like a slice-of-life film regarding very human and realistic reactions from the family of a star. So the other, the, the rest of the family isn't famous. It's just, it's just the mother. And she releases her autobiography, and her daughter has some problems with it. There's a lot of stuff that just didn't happen. Obviously, it's a mother trying to make herself look good, look like she was any sort of caring mother, while the daughter's like, no, that never happened. We never walked hand in hand. You never walked me to school. We never did stuff like this. You're always working. But at least initially in this film, it doesn't look like there's going to be some hug it out moment between the mom and daughter where she, because she just goes, well, that's how I remember it and walks off. I'm not saying there's not going to be some heartfelt reunion between the two, but there is the potential for it. So we have this husband and wife, basically this one family, and we have the daughter trying to deal with her mother and then we have the husband who's an American doesn't speak French. How does he play into it? It just looks like a very interesting movie, like a well-acted, well-presented movie. It looks beautiful. Not beautiful as like uh, Emma from a few weeks back or like like Little Women was, but beautiful. Just It just seems like everything was captured with, with such care. And it looks like an interesting film that I do want to watch one day. But unfortunately, this film will flop in the box office because no one is going to see movies if it even comes out this week. I wouldn't be surprised if if in October, November... If I'm talking about a lot of these movies again, but remember folks, as of right now, as far as I know, all these movies are coming out. The truth gets an eight out of 11. And with that, my future friends, let's take our next break before we go into the week of the 27th. So let us pause and hear a word from our friends at the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that goddamn jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, and we're back. We are back with the movies from the week of March 27th. We're going to start with the limited section with a film called Strike. A young mole must try to achieve his impossible dream of becoming a footballer in order to save his hometown's gold mine from a greedy supervillain known only as The Boss. This is an animated film featuring the voices of no one of note. And I, when I first heard about this film, I planned on it being in the wide releases in Interesting Indies because I want to support non-big company animation projects. But it just, it just doesn't look good. I mean, I would 100% be willing to accept a movie with less than Pixar or DreamWorks or Warner Brothers or any of those big companies level of level of animation. So it doesn't have the money to put that amount of quality in it. But of course, there's a lot of great artists out there who can do stuff by hand, uh, stop motion stuff. It just seems like this film didn't get those people. And the final limited release movie from that week or from next week is called Saint Maud. This follows a pious nurse who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of her dying patient. This stars Morphid Clark from The Man Who Invented Christmas and Jennifer L. from Zero Dark Thirty. And this is one of those indie films that's actually been kind of hyped a bit. And I do wonder if this is going to be a ladybird where it just looks like a shitty trailer because I had no interest in this. It looked like it was trying way too hard. It just came off as disingenuine. And Ladybird had the same problem. When I finally watched it, it was okay. I didn't hate Lady Bird. I didn't love it, but I hated the trailer. 
So we will see if St. Maude becomes one of those films. Alright folks, it's time for the wide releases and interesting indies. There are more of them for this week, so yay, that's good. We'll see how, how many of them actually come out. Let's start with On a Magical Night. After 20 years of marriage, Maria decides to leave. She moves across the street to the hotel, opposite her home, and moves into room 212. From there, Maria can scrutinize her apartment, her husband, her wedding, her life. She wonders if she made the right decision. Once again, we have a French film. And thank you, France. Two weeks in a row, we have given us a good film. This looks very interesting. We have this woman who leaves her husband. She has become uh, fallen out of love. She leaves her husband. He is quite upset by this. And what I do like about this initially is that he hasn't cheated or anything. It's not like he's abusive or he's cheated or he's, he's doing anything wrong. She just leaves. And while she is living in the hotel right across the street, she starts to hallucinate. She sees younger him, has conversations with the younger him, starts to see all of the men she, that she slept with and starts to talk about, talk to all of the men from her past about those relationships. So we have this very introspective movie that has a benefit of being told through conversations from different people, even though she's not really talking to her, the younger version of her ex-husband, she's working stuff out. Now the question is, what will she work out? Was she wrong to leave? If she does figure out she's wrong to leave, will he take her back? Will she realize she was right to leave, that she never should have married him because her, she was never invested in the relationship? This seems like an interesting, quirky film that I think you should put on your to-be watch list. On a Magical Night gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up, we have a film called Working Man. When a factory closure threatens a small Rust Belt town, one older factory worker continues going to his former job every day, despite the shutdown. His peculiar decision has a profound effect on the whole community, though his actions yield an outcome that no one ever expected. This stars Peter Gertzky from Sneaky Pete, Billy Brown from How to Get Away with Murder, and Talia Shire from Rocky. And here's something I didn't know. Somewhere along the line, I heard that the woman that played Adrian in Rocky died, and that's why Adrian was killed in Rocky 5? Rocky 4 5? And for decades, I have believed this, and then I see a movie coming out with her in it, and I'm like, oh, how? So I have no idea where I heard this and why I never thought to look it up. I just heard it go, oh, yeah, I believe that 100% without any proof. Thank you. And if you think about it, that's a little more possible to happen because she wasn't a big name. Let's say someone huge died. Like when Sean Connery finally dies. He hasn't done anything in decades, but he's still a big name. Like, you will see that. You'll see stories plastered all over the place. But what about some uh, character actor, someone who wasn't that huge from the 70s or 80s? What if Thomas Wilson dies? He play he was Biff in the Back to the Future series. What if one day I hear he dies? And I go and talk to my friends going, hey, did you hear Biff from Back to the Future died? And, and is that the kind of thing you would actually look up? Nothing against Nothing against him at all. But is that the kind of thing you would look up to verify it? Or would you go, oh, that's too bad. Poor guy. I liked him. So I think that's what happened with Talia Shire from Rocky, where I just heard this. It wasn't true, but I just went, oh, oh, that sucks. Anyway, Working Man looks interesting. because So we have this old dude who has worked at a factory for most of his life. Uh, it, it's part of what he does. He wakes up in the morning. He put He grabs his lunch. Where he has his breakfast, grabs his lunch, walks to the factory, works at the factory, comes home, and that's what he does. That's his life. His wife has her own things she does, and then one day the factory closes down because some bigger company out there buys, buys the factory, shuts it down. Something that happens every day. A tech company out of Watsonville, or somewhere in the area, Watsonville, Santa Cruz, Salinas, somewhere in this area, was recently purchased by Google, and a lot of people are losing their jobs. So this is something that happens in an area like this that I live in. It's it's still a bad thing, but it's a little easier to find a find a job. But in some podunk city in the Rust Belt, it might not that be that easy, especially when you're an older dude who has done the same job for decades. So he loses his job and he gets depressed. And one day he decides, you know what? I'm going to go back to work. And he does. He starts going back and filling orders because apparently when the company was bought out and closed down, there were unfulfilled orders left. So he's working there filling those orders. And after a couple days, people start to notice this 
And then other people who also used to work there start to join him. And then it catches the attention of the news, but also the people who own the building saying, you know what, you will, we're going to arrest you if you keep coming back. But all these people from the town just start coming back, filling the orders again. And the question is, how is this all going to end? I think that this is overall going to be a, a an uplifting movie. Because the trailer didn't have the tone of a depressing movie where we have these out-of-work people and things just get worse and worse and worse and worse. It didn't have that. This had the feeling of a feel-good movie. Think something along the lines of the full Monty, but less stripping. I think this film looks good, and it gets a 7.5 out of 11. Next up, folks, we have a movie called Military Wives. With their partners away serving in Afghanistan, a group of women on the home front form a choir and quickly find themselves at the center of media sensation and a global movement. This stars Kristen Scott Thomas from The English Patient, Sharon Horgan from Game Night, Lara Rossi from Robin Hood, the 2018 version, and Jason Fleming from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So for this film, just think if what happened... If all of the characters from Pitch Perfect married married soldiers and then all of their husbands went to war and then they got back together to form a singing group. To me, this movie has a feeling of one part Pitch Perfect where we have these group of people who originally didn't know each other getting together to form a singing group to instead of getting back on top. Like in Pitch Perfect, this group is just trying to keep themselves together while their husbands are away and supporting each other. So we also have this movie with families supporting each other because they all are experiencing the same thing. They have the same worries. And I think this looks really good because it's very important to realize no matter where you stand on America's use of its military force, no matter where you stood on the Iraq war, on Vietnam, and even where we are now in the world with our military, it doesn't matter where you stand on it because we have to remember that these soldiers have families, that these people are human, and it's not fair that them and their loved ones get put in the middle of political scrutiny. This looks like a simultaneously sad and feel-good movie. Feel-good because there seems to be some comedy in it and just these women getting together, forming friendships, but also sad because it seems like maybe one of their husbands die in this, and then so they all come together. This seems like a very, very realistic movie, not only because it's based on a true story, but because it's just presented in such a way that I could see people, like, I could see these people as real people and not characters in a movie. Military Wives gets a 7 out of 11. Next up, we have a movie called Banana Split. Over the course of a summer, two teenage girls develop the perfect kindred spirit friendship with one big problem. One of them is dating the other's ex. This stars Hannah Marks from Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, Liana Liberato from Light as a Feather, Dylan Sprouse from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and Jacob Batalone from Spider-Man Homecoming. For some films, it's easy to look at the premise and disregard it, because that's a problem with a premise that it doesn't really get across what the whole movie's about. Which is why even though I only tell you the premise of these things, it is important for your own decision to watch a trailer for yourself and decide on your own. I am just here telling you what the movies are and giving you my opinion based on the trailer. But like with some of the movies that didn't make it into the wide releases, you may have seen something completely different. Like when you saw the trailer for Lady Bird, you may have seen a movie a movie that, yes, I have to see this looks this looks really good where I just saw indie garbage. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if both of our end results were the same, where we're both like, it was okay. But Banana Split has this kind of teenage drama-esque premise, but what I think it delivers is so much more. Because these two girls becoming friends with one of them dating the other's ex is just the basic premise. And instead we have these two girls that didn't want to like each other. One of them was actually dead set against liking the other one, and they just found that they have a lot in common. As they, they form this friendship with these rules where they don't talk about the ex or the current boyfriend for the other one. They don't, they, there's a lot of things they don't do. And then guess what? Problems are going to happen. So even though we have this movie that has a, at the very heart of it, a premise that's very done before, 
we also have it presented what it looks like from the trailer in a way that looks a little different. And I, I laughed during the trailer and I wanted to see this, which which does wonders because if the trailer didn't come through, this easily would have been a movie that I wouldn't have given a second thought going, oh, the trailer doesn't look good. Basic premise. Let's put it in the limited section. So the good news is this movie did just the right thing and it got itself in the wide releases and interesting indies. And... This could be the pick of the week. So what I'm going to say for the next three films, this one and the two after, that each of these are worthy of being the pick of the week. You know, in fact, I'm going to say it. Any movie this week, if if it's the only one coming out, is the one you should see. Everything from On a Magical Night, Working Man, Military Wise, Banana Split, and the next two. Just because I've seen conflicting reports about the next two films. I've seen conflicting reports that some are saying yes, they're coming out. Others are saying no, they're not. Some are saying it's already been canceled. One, I'm already seeing in that has active showtimes, even though it's not supposed to come out till next week. So I don't know what to believe with these films because I don't think anyone else knows what to believe. But when it comes down to it, ladies and gentlemen, my future friends, what this is, is a fact of anything I talk about during the week, during these episodes, during the coronavirus, that what you should keep in mind is that what I'm giving you are movies to watch out for later. Even the pick of the week, even if the movie that's the pick of the week does come out, you have to ask yourself, is, is it worth the risk? I think no is the answer, but maybe you're different. But let's end up end it with Banana Splits and say Banana Split gets a 7 out of 11. Two more films left, folks. The next film that... Once again, I'm getting conflicting information about if it's coming out or not, is called Vivarium. A couple looking for the perfect home find themselves trapped in a mysterious labyrinth-like neighborhood of identical houses. This stars Jesse Eisenberg from Zombieland and Imogen Poots from Green Room. Yes, this is the movie I've talked about a couple times on the trailer trove because new trailers have come out. There's been about three of them in total, which is pretty big for a non-big budget film. So we have this film with this couple looking for a great home and they go into this neighborhood where every home looks the same. It all looks the same. All the streets, everything, all the houses are designed the same. All the yards look the same. There's nothing that makes it look different at all. None of the houses are lived in yet. What they think they're seeing is a new development that just maybe isn't very interesting. And the houses that they're taking, taken to a don't interest them. And B, since they look the same, they're not going to find one. So they say, no, we're going to pass. They try to find another house, but they can't get out of this neighborhood. No matter where they go, no matter how many right turns, left turns, mixes of left and right, no matter what they do, they can't get out. Because as you probably heard, if you're ever lost in a maze, pick a direction, like either hug the left wall or the right wall and follow it, you will eventually get out. And no matter what they try, they can't get out of this area. So they end up living in this house. And one day a baby is delivered to them and with a note saying, hey, raise this baby and you'll get out. And it doesn't take decades for this you know, kid to become an adult. The kid grows really fast. So something really weird is going on. So they have multiple questions to ask. What is this place? Who's in charge? Why is this kid growing so fast? Will they ever get out even if they raise a kid? What the f*** is going on? I think this is like a very interesting idea. It just so happens the next movie coming out is, is one that I've been looking forward to for a while. And I think the next film, if it actually does come out and it's still in theaters while there's no more risk of contracting something, if it's still in theaters during that time, this is what you should see. I also think the pick of the week will be the most exciting one, whether watched in a theater or at home. But again, Vivarium doesn't look bad. Jesse Eisenberg a lot of the times plays the same type of character, but he does it well. Imogen Poots just has a name that's super fun to say. That's why I can say about her. Vivarium looks good. Vivarium gets an 8 out of 11. All right, folks, next up is the pick of the week for the week of the 27th and this is the one that i've seen contested the most i've read two articles saying that the movie has been canceled for now and the true release date has yet to be decided others saying that no it is coming out this week that it is keeping its original release date and yet others saying that it's already out in select areas okay cancel that out in select areas thing i just misread something so that that's my own stupid fault so basically Two reports, not three, but like I said, I'm going to continue this episode as if it is coming out. So the pick of the week for the week of March 27th, 2020 is called 
Mulan. A young Chinese maiden disguises herself as a male warrior in order to save her father. This stars Yifei Liu from Forbidden Kingdom. Liu? I think I put a weird accent on that. Yifei Liu. Donnie Yen from Rogue One. Jet Li from The One. Li Gong from Memoirs of a Geisha. Jason Scott Lee from Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Nelson Lee from Stargirl. Doa Mawa, I think I'm saying it right, from Gran Torino. Tsi Ma from Rush Hour. And Rosalind Chow from the Joy Luck Club. Yes, you remember, folks, how stoked I was, how super excited I was when the first trailer for Mulan hit. I really, really wanted to see it, and I still do. This is one of those films that I'm not even going to question if I'm going to own one day. Even though, yes, it's probably going to hit Disney+, Plus, I still believe in owning movies because streaming services could go away. Netflix loses things all the time, Hulu loses things all the time, Amazon loses things all the time. Disney has already lost some things, but of course they hope to get it back later, but who says Disney Plus is going to live on forever? That's why I like owning things, and I will own this movie one day. I think it looks that good. They took an idea from a legend, a Chinese legend, then they turned it into a cartoon with singing and everything and a goofy dragon... That was good. It was enjoyable. And to borrow a phrase from the woke culture, it's not as problematic as Pocahontas was. But still, they took that movie and they're staying to the original story, but they took it way more seriously. Not saying that the cartoon wasn't serious all in all about the story of this young maiden, but now what we have here is a historic action film a historic action drama and i think this looks really good watching some of the battle scenes from the movies made me think of older kung fu flicks it looks like they're retelling mulan with a wuxia lens and i think i'm saying that right wuxia w-u-x-i-a is what movies like crouching tiger hidden dragon what house of flying daggers what hero were and i think this is the best way they could have told the Mulan story. This is the best way they could have done a live action one, especially because they can take the same story that they've told before in animated form, and it's a completely different movie. It's not like Cinderella, and I liked the the live action Cinderella. I did, but it's basically the same movie. I I liked a lot of these remakes, but they're basically the same film. This is the first one to simultaneously stray from the original, but stay true to the original. The spirit is there, but the way they tell it is different, and I love it. I love it so much, and I cannot wait to see this film. I just wonder when I'm going to see it. My future friends, let's wrap this up. I will give you a score for this. We'll do the next break, and then we'll do the question of the week, and then a quick word from me, and then I'll send you along your way. So Mulan gets an 11 out of 11. And with that, my future friends, let us take our final break as we hear word from our good friends, Robbie and Lisa, from the We're Doing Fine podcast with Robbie and Lisa. Please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're We're doing doing fine. All right, we are back with the question of the week. And if you need a reminder, that question was, what was your least favorite role from your favorite actor? For our first answer, let's go to Twitter, where Brian Q says, While Max von Sydow is certainly at the top of my list of favorite actors, I haven't seen everything he's done. It's a long list and half is foreign. The worst movie that I've seen that he's been in is What Dreams May Come. I absolutely hated that piece of crap. For those of you who don't remember, What Dreams May Come was the movie starring Robin Williams and Cuba Gooding Jr. from 1988. No, 1998, sorry. 1998, also having... Actually, no one else of note in it. Oh, Werner Herzog was in it. It's really about it. Oh, Rosalind Chow was in it. I remember the movie as one I liked, but again, I haven't watched it since it came out, so maybe I should watch again, and either maybe I'll still like it, or maybe I will agree with Brian Q. For our next answer, we turn to Anne from this very house, who says, Emily Blunt in Into the Woods. And I agree. Uh, I really like Emily Blunt. I've liked almost everything she's been in, but I hated Into the Woods. Uh, The songs weren't even that memorable. 
and the story was kind of shit, and her character was crap in it. And the fact that Emily Blunt is amazing, she couldn't help the fact that she had a shitty script and shitty character and that it was just a mess. And it's my turn. Of course, you guys know that I love Matt Damon and Ewan McGregor, but I have to go with a Matt Damon movie for this one. It's the one from 2010 called Green Zone. It's about this U.S. Army officer who goes rogue as he hunts for weapons of mass destruction in an, in an unstable region. And it was just very forgettable. It was around this time where we had a lot of movies like well, a couple of years earlier, The Kingdom had just come out. Uh, he was big on the Bourne movies. We had a, a lot of these movies taking place in the Middle East. And this just felt like like a write-off. I mean, he Matt Damon, I love him to death. He wasn't even that great in it. He was basically playing Bourne, but without the super spy ability. It was a forgettable movie and probably the only Matt Damon movie I won't own unless I find it on Super Sale somewhere. Well, my friends, we need another question of the week because you know what? Even if two weeks from now when we're back, even if all movies are canceled, I just want to find something to talk about. I still want to provide a show even if all movie theaters close and it's it's the end of movies for the next six months or whatever, even if that's the case or if things are better. Either way, I want to provide a show for you. So here we go. What fictional character do you think would handle these crazy days the best? So to reiterate, which fictional character would handle this coronavirus pandemic the best? And you know what? We, we love movies on this show, but if you can think of a book character or a TV character, just tell me. And you know what? For extra points, tell me if you get quarantined, what's the first show you are going to? to stream or to marathon binge that's a word so the official question of the week which fictional character would handle this coronavirus pandemic the best and as bonus points tell me what tv show you would watch first if you got quarantined so that is it for episode 168 of future flicks with billiam once again no new episode next week i will see you in two weeks and ladies and gentlemen i, I just want to leave this leave this with you and it's please stay safe I do think a lot of what's going on right now is is just people overreacting, acting out of fear. I think all the people bulk buying toilet paper and canned goods and pasta and stuff like that, it's just fear. They're acting stupid, but it's out of fear. I think this virus is a very serious thing, but we have to deal with it by staying calm, by respecting these rules that are put in place. So please, all of you, my future friends, please stay safe. Please stay sane. And if you get quarantine, use the time to catch up on your movies. And here's a closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. I would really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. And also, share the podcast. Share with your friends. That is how we grow here on the show. And then how do you reach me? That is a great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And please consider supporting the show on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and also on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the other shows in the network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. Don't forget to support the friends of the show. You've heard their ads tonight. Please check out my personal blog, BilliamTheNerd.com. And then finally, my dear friends... My dear, dear listeners, my future friends, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future. <laughs>